Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing all right, Lance. And uh, in this episode, we have author James Renner on. We have author James Renner who joined us virtually live on our Get Vocal night. We do Get Vocal every Thursday night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Sometimes we uh, spill into that 10 o'clock hour Eastern Standard Time. It's their True Crime Thursday and uh, I like to think we're sort of the, uh, you know, the, the headliners of the uh, True Crime Thursday. We have a beautiful, beautiful community of people that join us. So you can check it out on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. But as we like to say, the best way to interact is right there on Get Vocal, especially when we have a guest like James Renner, who really doesn't need much of an introduction. Right. Not to this audience anyway. Of course, he wrote True Crime Addict about his investigation into the disappearance of Maura Murray. And he does the podcast, The Philosophy of Crime. And he joined us to talk about Maura Murray mostly and sort of the new things that have been going on lately in the case. The uh, the fake tip that happened a few weeks ago being one thing and really just kind of a lot a lot of the recent episodes and news going on i mean there's a lot of chatter on on the mormory case on twitter especially on reddit so we kind of just sort of follow those topics yeah we get into bill roush obviously because that has been the uh one of the major topics of conversation and I want to be clear, we say it a hundred times in the episode, I'll say it a hundred more times, we're not saying that Bill had anything to do with Maura's disappearance, of course, we're just saying that over the past few years, especially the past few months, and more intensely the past few weeks, things that Bill has done and events leading up to Maura's disappearance in regards to Bill just have these uh, open-ended uh, questions, They're these unanswered questions, and... 
it's sort of the community that's not going to go away that's looking into this that really wants the answer so that they can look elsewhere. And that's that's kind of what we're getting down to. And sometimes we get caught up a little bit in the details and we start splitting hairs. But again, it is not because we're trying to prove anything towards Bill. It's mostly we're trying to rule out certain things. That's right. And of course, I want to remind everyone, no harassment. Please be respectful to everyone out there. It is okay to have theories, but please be respectful and send any tips and theories to the appropriate places, wherever they may be. And for anybody who's interested in James's other works, check out The Man from Primrose Lane and Muse and the work he's done on Amy Mihaljevic. Uh, he's not just a Maura Murray one-trick pony. He's really uh, dug into a lot of things, both uh, nonfiction and fiction. So just highly recommend his writing. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Maura Murray Doc. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thanks a lot for listening. It's Thursday, 9 p.m. It's the Crawl Space Gossip Pod. What's going on? I'm Tim, here tonight with Lance. What's up, Lance? Tim, if I was any better, I would be you. It's such a good night. Such a good night. The, the, the church bells are tolling nine from the town center. Thursday night. Get vocal. It's Thursday night. Get vocal. We are on Twitter. We're streaming to Twitter. We're streaming right to Facebook. We're streaming directly to YouTube. And if you're watching this live on September 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern, why don't you click the link that says get vocal and sign yourself up to get vocal and enter this chat room because it's a great conversation. Get your butts in here. Get your butts in here. You know that there was a uh, meteor that... uh, flew in between the Earth and the moon this morning, and that meteor is even streaming Get Vocal. I don't know how they're doing it, but they are watching tonight. It's James Renner. How's it going tonight? <laughs> hey, guys. What's uh, what's up? What is going on? James Renner and his hat. I'm so happy you wore the hat. It's like your signature now. I feel like you're a um, 50s gumshoe detective. I love it. Just the facts, Lance. Just the facts. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know that they never said that in Dragnet? They never said that line? It was a, it was a, a modification of that line. Uh, they never said just the facts, ma'am. Did he say something like, no, Luke, I am just the facts, man? <laughs> yes. And then he said, um, uh, have the lambs stopped screaming, Clarice? It was a mashup of a lot of different genres that uh, stole from it. Well, that makes sense. Perfect sense. But that's not really what we're here to talk about tonight, but it is always fun to talk about pop culture and movies and things like that, especially with James Renner. So uh, welcome, James Renner. Welcome, chat room. Uh, But we are here to talk about Maura Murray tonight, the disappearance of Maura Murray, February 9th, 2004, North Haverhill, New Hampshire. She went missing, uh, never to be seen again as of now. How's it going, guys? What what are your thoughts? I mean, there's... How many people are in here, first of all? I feel like there's a lot of people that really uh, that, that have a lot of questions for you, so I don't know whether we should start with the questions or um, just get into, uh, I don't know, what have you been up to? You know. Before I forget about it, um, I had a thought on the cell phone records that you guys have been going through. Okay, here we go. Um, the, so there's this some, uh, you know, some people's, think that there's some uh, kind of discrepancy with um, there not being enough time for Bill to make flights up to New Hampshire based on his cell phone records. There's not enough of a gap anywhere for this flight that's over like three hours or something. Um, I had a question that uh, I don't know if this, this, this is how it works, but so the largest gap is over like two hours, like maybe close to two and a half hours. Um, he fl- what, where he flies out of is central or mountain time. 
and then he lands in Eastern time. Is it possible that his cell phone records were in Central when he left and then Eastern when he landed so that a two and a half hour gap might really be a three and a half hour gap? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. I don't think so, though, because I think the cell phone records are just central. Right. I think we we had talked about this before, and I think that the cell phone records only reflect where the cell phone is rooted, right? I think so, because on the records, it says central at the top. Yeah, correct. I don't know. I don't know enough about cell phones to know, but that might be worth worth checking into if, if, if there's some... Uh, former Sprint uh, salesman um, out there that knows that sort of thing. So, okay. And so, if um, so, what are the outcomes? So, the just to catch uh, some people up who aren't uh, familiar with what you're talking about, um, the time that it would have taken to fly, you you explain it. So, he he wouldn't have had time to drive or. Yeah, I, I haven't honestly been been following this in detail, but uh, from what I've seen, you, as as people are going over these cell phone records again, they're finding that maybe Bill didn't have enough time to catch a flight and be on that flight all the way to New Hampshire because there's not enough. He's on his cell phone all that day, and there's not a, a long enough break in there that it would account for the for the flight. Um, but you know. Again, I don't know about cell phones, but if one scenario I had was that um, his cell phone was registering as Central or Mountain um, when he was at Fort Sill, and then when he touched down in New Hampshire, it's registering as Eastern, which would look on the cell phone bill as just a two and a half hour gap, when in reality, it's like three and a half hours, and would then clear him of, uh, you know, any sort of you know, Tom foolery with the, uh, with the flights, it would explain it away. Yeah. And, uh, Jillian in the chat room, uh, mentions that the, the the scheduled flights are often longer than the actual flight time. So you land and you can turn your phone back on and make the call. So, you know, even though, and wind, wind will vary too. I definitely have experienced, uh, pretty, pretty strong variance in flights across the country just because of wind. Um, so that's something to note. You catch a good tailwind, you're there in 15. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, we had uh, Tara on the show recently. There was uh, two episodes in a row um, that aired last Thursday and then this Monday. And then Ryan Coyalto came on uh, this Thursday today. Um, and uh, and I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting as well. And... Uh, so yeah, a lot of more Murray content lately and a lot of like, in, you know, interesting angles. I feel like we've never really covered on the show in depth. Yeah. And I, I just want to say that the people that we've had on recently with Tara and with Ryan have been very organized and very, um, and I said it in the intro to the episodes, uh, you can have a dialogue with them. Like, you know, we're, we're having a dialogue with James and we've had dialogues with James about theories and um, and we've disagreed. And, and there were moments during the both of those conversations uh, with, with each uh, person, with Tara and with Ryan, where we would just present something else and say, well, what about this? And, and the feedback would be, oh, I, I didn't look at it like that. Or, okay, well, I'm going to think about that. Um, and it was so nice. It was so refreshing to experience that. So just a big thank you. Um, where's Robert? Robert, we were, they were, they were, oh, there he is. What's up, Robert? How you doing? Hey, Robert. You guys hear me all right? I can. Yeah, thank you. You guys hear me all right? Thank sure you do. for all those good you've been doing lately. Um, I We haven't met, you know, in person, at least not that I recall. Mm, nope. um, so, no, no, no. Looking forward to that, but nice to nice nice to meet you over uh, Get Vocal. It's nice to see you too, James. Yeah, no, it's it's actually funny. The first time I messaged you um, in all these years of doing this was um, earlier this summer. Oh, wow. It was the first time I reached out to you on Twitter. That was the first time we ever spoke or collaborated or anything. So that's kind of weird in itself. You know, it's it's been a long time. So it's uh, yeah. Thank you. I think you're doing great things. Thanks, man. I don't think you're the you that everybody says you are. <laughs> you know, you know that you know. Don't. It, it, I think it's blown out of proportion. I w- I had this co- conversation with Jordan this week um, of. Uh, 
the uh, what's what's Jordan's spooky night night uh... nighttime podcast? Yeah, yeah, we heard that. That was excellent. It was podcaster therapy. It's not it's not crawl space, so you don't talk about it here. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, he that's the thing. Like you know, he's like you know, you're the guy that everybody loves to hate. But honestly, like everybody I've met in person at like CrimeCon or that has had discussions like this or that I'm on the phone with for any length of time, um, everybody realizes that everybody else, you know, they're they're cool, I'm cool, and then it, it fizzles down. So, um, you know, it's just a small handful of people, but uh, and fewer and fewer, I think. So, but thank you. Well, I I, I think um, you know I. Not everyone's going to agree on everything that everyone else does or their methods or the way they do things. You're a journalist. I understand that. And I understand why you do the things, do things the way you do. I don't agree with everything that you've written or said, but we all want the same thing. So we're all on the same right. team, theoretically. I'm so let's go I with that. Take this. <laughs> well, anytime, anytime you are feeling bad about yourself, we're going to get Robert on and uh, Robert's actually going to be joining us uh, at some point in our uh, Wormtown studio. Um, so I'm going to make sure that I get real low about myself. I'm going to make sure my self-esteem is nil and then we'll have you and I'll walk out of that building and I'll be like, I am on top of the world. Lance, I hope you're at your lowest point and I'm going to come in and I'm just going to amp yep. you up, but we have to make a video of, your demeanor before and then after, so yep. everyone can see. And then we'll we'll do it. And we'll do a side by side of the scene from Miracle where he's pumping up the hockey team, and when you're pumping up me, and we'll and it'll almost be identical. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm going to mute myself. Well, yeah, definitely uh, check out Robert Lynch's Facebook group, Strength in Numbers. Uh, it is it is very positive, and Robert, your uh, your presence is always uh, so welcome and positive, and, uh, and that goes for Twitter as well. I'm doing my best, and uh, we got a good group good group of people. A lot of really positive attitudes, a lot of positive comments. Um, just trying to stick with the with the case. It's hard though because with the trolling and all that, we end up spending so much time talking about that. And we all have limited time to spend on the case. We all have different things in our lives, you know, family, kids, and all that. So, it, you know, it, it, it's a little disheartening at times because you, you spend so much time talking about, well, who's trolling who on Reddit and this and that. I'm just trying to get everybody back to let's talk about more. Let's talk about the case. Let's talk about the facts. Let's, let's go forward with that because that's what's really helpful. So I get, I get a little discouraged, and um, I sent you a message, Tim, you know, uh, I think today that I was just a, just a little bit baffled by everything that's going on. And I posted it on Twitter. Just, just, just it's, it's a little depressing, but I think, you know, I, we can rise above that. I think there's so many good people in the community, more good people than bad. I think we can rise above that. And, and that's what we should focus and on. And really, you know, there's so many people out there that, that are kind and are decent that have, you know, followed the case for years and have been, you know, are members of your Facebook page or on Reddit that never, ever, ever comment, partly because they don't want to put themselves out there, partly because they see what happens when you do. And, uh, you know, those are the people that, you know, sometimes they'll take the time to email you and, and, and pick you up. It's, it's sad how some people are afraid to comment because they're afraid of the backlash. And it, it shouldn't and be never, like that. It I really, be like I that. honestly haven't seen anything like this in any other, in any other case. There, you know, there's always a little bit of infighting, um, but nothing to this extreme where people are creating fake um, identities, uh, you know, catfishing off people's real names. Um, it's, it's weird. Well, James, how, how do you explain the occurrences that go on in the man from Primrose Lane, the true story that you wrote? This is a true story, right? I mean, this is, this is a crazy story. <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if anybody, anybody picks it up, it takes it, you, you will see that I, I borrowed heaven, heavily from my real life. And, um, there is a very early version of like, a uh, a, a troll in that, in that book too. So it oh. based on, based on actual events ripped from the headlines, <laughs> <laughs> ripped from the headlines. I love it. Yeah. This has been a pretty crazy era of of the trolling in the Maura Murray case. We we've literally got um, people impersonating past trolls from the community. Like that's how crazy it's gotten. Uh, yeah, just real quick, what what 
what I noticed that it was like beyond over and above anything that had happened before. So this, this uh, person that created this um, fake identity, which was a real person at UMass that uh, sent me this tip about how he saw Mora with two women. And he, then he was able to identify one of these women it was his story. And, uh, but his whole thing was he was driving up there and saw her in uh, Woodsville the day of the disappearance. And he was going to his friend's birthday party and he gave me the name of the friend. And I, you know, just, it's just, I had a hanky feeling even though everything was lining up. And I, um, uh, so I backgrounded his friend too. And his friend had that exact birth date. So not only did he steal the identity of real people at UMass, he hunted around for a while to find a guy that had that birth date so that he could fold it into his story. Yeah, and we we confirmed the dorm that that the uh, the fake person was was uh, claimed that they stayed at, and and that was all confirmed. Like that, you know, this person was had had definitely gone there, stayed at the dorm from their story. So yeah, we we knew it was either uh, a trap or real. You know, but but ultimately, pretty pretty harmless as far as. Um exploring it further you know like responding and following up on it because uh the the worst thing that happens is that you find out that it's somebody that trolled you and you know you wasted a little bit of time on it but that's what you have to do anyway because you can't not follow up on something like that even if you have that like gut feeling like there's something off here Uh, why is this person coming forward now um and not not years ago um yeah, and when we were all talking about this, it was like I think we all kind of said like, uh, probably not. Uh, it just feels weird. But I mean, what are you supposed to do? You you have to follow up on it. So I guess like as far as I don't think it's as harmful as um, as as maybe people perceive it because we're talking about it. People think it's disgusting. People think that it's uh, uh so elaborate that you know that this happened. But at least it's not going um, unnoticed, and and I think that would be more harmful if it went unnoticed and people realized that they could get away with it. Right, and I think that's the that's the greater point here, and that's I think why it was okay to publicize at that point where it's like, okay, well, this happened. Um, you know, it, it's either real or it's or it's not, and either way, it's going to the police, and they're going to try to figure it out. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, th- these are the new rules that that we're. Um, playing by now we kind of made them up on our own because we followed other rules in the past but if you're going to try to pull this off these things are going to be talked about and they're going to go to the police and and that's there's no time to waste on something like that we'll we'll follow up on it if it's bullshit goes to the cops if it's not it goes to the cops and we and we talk about it so that's (laughs) that that's you know that's just the reality of today that's the reality of what we have to do now yeah, it kind of seems like there was another one that that just got sent in. I don't want to give too many details about that, but it seems like that that might have happened in the past uh, twenty four hours as well. Um, but it hasn't hasn't really. Uh... Well, I I ran a check on that. That was actually Bill Thomas. <laughs> I'm just Bill, kidding. Bill Thomas from the chat room. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. Okay. There was there were a couple there were a couple of questions. I got to scroll up here. There are a couple of questions from Ryan and who else? Uh, Angela, I think. Yeah. Um, Ryan said, is Bill's flight on February 11th supposed to have been between 7.01 and 9.46 a.m.? If I if I recall correctly, uh, based on memory, that would be the first leg, I think, of the flight or one of the the legs. But and I and I don't and as Tara is pointing out in the chat room, we don't really know. He's never exactly said it, so we just think that that's probably the case. And, okay. You know, there's been a lot of discussion, you know, in the last week or two about, you know, the and and to some extent, you know, I think if you go back and look at how the story has evolved in the last couple of weeks, you'll see that 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 Bill kind of got this thing going. So there's been all this discussion about his his actions leading up to getting to New Hampshire, I'm less, personally, I'm less interested in the time before he gets to New Hampshire. Uh, I'm more interested in the timeline after he's in New Hampshire. Um, and and hopefully people take a, a look at that. 
too. Yeah, uh, so I know there, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about Bill's, um, I think it's a DA31 form, and um, and so Bill uh, appeared to be going through the steps to try to track that down so we could have the information of when his flights were, because as you're saying, like, uh, you know, the, the community wants to know um, when he got there, and, you know, and I think we should be grateful at least that he is here to uh be able to ask those questions to him you know what i mean um i know we haven't gotten the answers yet but at least he's here that we can maybe get those answers and he he did uh look into that form uh and and wasn't able to wasn't able to find it in the particular set of files that he requested uh but you're right and and again this is not any of us trying to say that Bill is a is a um, a kidnapper, a murderer? We're not we're not saying he had anything to do with that. Uh, this is just an enormous community effort to try to figure this out, and and he's a central character. He character is a bad word. He's a central figure in in her disappearance, and the the circumstances of him. I don't know. I wasn't in the military, but the circumstances of him being approved to leave the military for someone that he wasn't related to, wasn't married to, wasn't even engaged to, and wasn't technically missing at the time. I, I mean, I, I, I just think that he did an excellent job convincing his superiors to, uh, to allow him that leave. I, I don't know. I mean, I wish someone could could uh, clarify that for me too. Like, how how much effort does it take? Because we heard that it takes a lot of effort to 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 uh, be granted leave. I think a lot of these questions would have been cleared up if his alibis had talked to anybody. Um, you know, when I first reached out to him and was reporting on this way back in like 2014, 2015, yeah, I asked him some of these questions and. Uh, uh, he gave me the names of two uh, people that were uh, that were stationed with him at Fort Sill in the army that that he said could back up his alibi. Um, neither one of them uh, ever answered an email or a phone call. This day have not granted interviews. Um, and you know, the, the 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 truth is, um, and again, I'm not as interested in what happened at Fort Sill as what happened in New Hampshire. But the truth is, nothing's been verified publicly about about this guy's alibi ever so you're not interested so much in what happened at fort sill you're more interested in a timeline in new hampshire correct yeah but you but you you would be interested in something that would happen at fort sill that would that would um i guess be beneficial to him uh in a way where he could take his his leave so abruptly there's still a lot of questions about how he got off base so so quickly. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's even to this, there's no evidence of a crime, let alone 24 hours after it happened um, to a person you're not even engaged to. Um, so yeah, that, that part, um, the only thing that would have been interesting to me about the DA 31 is exactly when and how it was approved. Not that it was approved because we know he got there, uh, but the when and how of it. What was the date? Right. You know, what was the date? <clears throat> From my research, um, I've, I've talked to some uh, family members and friends that have been in the military, and, and they said it's, it's really hard to get off base unless, like, you know, like my mom died or my wife died or my sister died or something like that. You kind of have to jump through hoops. Um, my quasi-fiancé is supposedly missing. That's... That's yeah. in the gray area. So how he was able to leave, I've always wondered that myself. Like it, it seemed to be seemed to generate so easy, regardless of what he says. But but there's nothing that backs it up. There's no paperwork. There's there's, there's no forms. There's, there's nothing like that. So it's you, we just have to take his word, and I don't take his word. So I, it's it's very interesting uh, because you're talking about you're talking about the military. In 2004, February 2004, the Iraq War started at the end of March of 2003. So the Iraq War wasn't even a year old at the time. It was going pretty strong at that time. Again, maybe, I, I don't know, I've never been in the military. Maybe 
maybe it isn't as hard to to be granted emergency leave during the time d- during wartime too. But what about Julie? And I'm not clear on the details of of how Julie's leave went down. I've never asked her that, never thought to. Um, but I guess in comparison, isn't that interesting? Or at least, I mean, that's something we should explore a little bit, right? Because she wasn't there right away. So did it take her extra time to get leave? And then why would it have taken her extra time if it's her sister and Bill not? Exactly. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to want that one, so we'll put a pin in that for, for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a pin <laughs> in that. Um, again, I always wrestle with, like, do we even deserve the answers? But I think we do, right? Because so there's so many people that invested so much of their lives into this. Uh, you know, do we deserve the answer? Do we deserve Bill just saying, like, okay, I'll, I'll hop on, get vocal, uh, give me a list of the questions, I'll, I'll answer them, uh, I will put the community's mind to ease, even though I don't have to, you know what what's the pros and cons there i'm also interested in you know i guess there's been some inconsistencies about when uh mora when or if mora ever told him about the um the accident in uh hadley right like there's there's statements where she called him that morning from fred's phone and told him about it there but then there's also some statements where that didn't happen you guys know do you, do you guys know the truth of of which statements correct well it, that's what he said on on um reddit and social media recently that um that uh, obviously they talked about the accident um but when we when we spoke to him and, and this is going back a couple of years he he said that she didn't mention the accident we were like really she didn't mention the accident he was like no i don't think i found out about that until i was in new hampshire so, I mean, again, when with like what we said in the episode, I don't know if that's a memory thing or what or what that is, uh, but that's I don't know. It's it's weird. I've never been through something like that. I can't say. I mean, and obviously, and my experience would be different from someone else's anyway. So it's probably not valid. So I don't know. I don't know him that well. I don't know if he uh, has a bad memory or what his story is. Uh, we know he's been uh, somewhat deceptive or inconsistent on things at one point so, or at certain points. So that's, that's a direction. Um, or, or he's got the worst memory ever, as Brett says. Do we know if um, the Murray's ever heard the phone call that Mora supposedly, this voicemail that she supposedly left on his yeah, so actually there was a, a tweet from John Smith today, and uh, I might have to, uh, it might take me a minute to, to dig it up, but he did uh, apparently ask Fred about that, so I'll, uh, give me a minute to, uh, to dig that up. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, Tim, you had said that you don't know, I'll, I'll let you dig that up, but this is my, my point is that you said uh, you don't know what you would do in a situation like that. I don't know what I would do in a situation like that, but I do remember for the most part, the context of every call that came into me at 3.30 in the morning. That was an emergency. I, 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 can, I can think of right now off the top of my head at least five phone calls that were emergencies that came into me, and I remember not word for word, but I remember the details of them. And if I were to be questioned about it, I'd, I'd say, yeah, that's what this person said. Um, I, I mean, she got into an accident. She called she called him from her dad's phone. She, she had a hell of a night and she never mentioned it. Right. What was weird about that was, um, you know, and really when we, when we heard it too, it was, it was like, he was like, Oh, I was calming her down, but, um, she didn't mention the accident. Well, what are you calming her down for from then? I don't, that doesn't really make any sense. Um, so here's the tweet from John Smith. He said, I just spoke to Fred three days ago about the voicemail and he said it was absolutely unintelligible. It was static and unable to determine if it was even a person on the other end of the line. It was useless as far as he was concerned. And that's the, uh, the red, the red cross call that, that is, you know, is known as, uh, the red cross call, whatever came into, uh, to Bill's phone some point on the 10th of February. And compare that to what, um, Bill's mom said about the call that it was uh, what was the word she used? It was um, it, it like haunted him, chilling. I think chilling. It was like heart wrenching. It and and she said it haunted him. Um, and he said he was absolutely convinced it was her. One other 
One other question about that call. So as we're to understand it now, I know that it's still a little wonky, but the idea is that he, that call came in while he was going through, um, while he was transferring flights or, or switching over to flights. It's also a bit unclear. I know he's through security. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been a couple of different reports, but I think it was at some point through security, but then it was like, oh, it was in Dallas or was it Oklahoma City? And obviously, I don't know that you'd go through security a second time if you if your layover was in Dallas, you know? Okay, so um, Tim, if you're in that situation, let's say it happened um, in, say he's switching flights on his way to New Hampshire to look for Mora. Uh, or you know, put yourself in that situation. You're you're transferring flights to to uh, track down your your girlfriend. Um, you get a message that sounds like her in the cold, whimpering for help. What's the next thing you do? Call the police. Maybe call her. Yeah. He didn't call her. Yeah. So I mean, it it might have played a trick on him, I guess, in some in some way, but that's a great point. Uh, he didn't call and, and it really kind of never made sense to me anyway, that why, she, if it was her, why she would use a calling card to call him. I don't, if it's some panicked call that you're, you know, you're leaving a, a whimpering voicemail. Like, I don't think you're going to dial the 15 extra numbers from the calling card. And at that point you're on a landline anyway. So you're not, you know what I mean? So you're dialing the number, you're pressing the numbers. That's a really interesting point, James. When it, when was the next call to Mora from him? I don't I don't have the records. Oh well, I I happen to have the records. I'm about to open them up. Let's right, check it out. You 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 earned the hat tonight with that uh that observation, James. Well, I wish I could take credit for it, but I've been reading the comments over here, and they've been discussing it over there, and it's a really good point. I don't know who had it first. Oh, uh, Tara wants to pop on. Is that uh, is that okay, uh, Rob? That uh, tab uh, Tara pops on. Absolutely. I'll free up my space with Tara. Okay. I'll see you guys later. Okay, cool. James, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hit the Union Oyster House next time I'm in town. I swear to I swear to God, if you go to the Union Oyster House without without me, if you and Robert go there and don't call me, their chowda is insane. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Hey. It's Tara. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Great. Well, uh, well done on, on the uh, recent episodes uh, on Missing Maura Murray. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think you got a great reaction um, from the community. I think these are, and again, I think we touched on it, these are questions that we kind of always wondered, never really asked, you know, never really verbalized, but you really voiced uh, a lot of uh, important points. Thanks. Okay. So back to James's question there, what were you just asking? I, I kind of got cut out there, but you were asking about the call and going through the airport, right? Right. And why isn't it clear what time his flight was? I, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions about still about like where what flight he took and where and and when um, and he even replied uh, he he said something to me I think it was over Twitter or Reddit um, that was kind of like one of his famous um, uh, you know comments that that uh, is is also a dig at the same time he's like well because you know, I pointed out I'm like I have emails of every flight. Uh, confirmation emails of every flight I've taken since 1998 because they always go through your email. So, you know, can you pull those out and make it, make it helpful for everybody? And he's like, well, you know, uh, for somebody that flies a lot, you know, we don't tend to keep those. You know? So uh, apparently I'm not the, the jet setter that, that, that Bill Roush is, but uh, um, I, it's, it's weird to me that he didn't keep, you know, that he doesn't have some sort of, record of that yeah not saying that there's anything there but you know sorry real quick can you tell me about what time that incoming red cross call was because i'm gonna look at the the records do you we're we're not sure i I think we're thinking it was the morning sometime around 7 a.m on the 10th right or the or the 11th i don't have my notes in front of me i could grab them but um there was one at five something in the morning 
right? Right. I'm looking now. 5.05, there is an incoming call. 5.05 a.m. on 2.11. Uh, and actually, but yeah. That's... That one is easily identified as a Red Cross call. So the one in question, it was um, an incoming call. So if the Red Cross called him and he, it would only show up as incoming. So when he made that call at five in the morning, that was an outgoing call. So would that not indicate that um, he had already received the incoming call? Um, well, re call number 450 on 211 at 5.05 a.m. is incoming, um, but it lasts for eight minutes, which doesn't line up with the voicemail. Same day, call 480 at 649 a.m. incoming. That lasts for four minutes. Probably doesn't line up with that either. But then he calls uh, the Haverhill PD after that one. He does. That's a great point. Okay, so that might be that might. Then be he checks it. his voicemail again. Mm -hmm. Then there's another incoming call. Then he checks his voicemail. Then there's an incoming call. Then he calls home. Then voicemail. Oh, and, and that second incoming call, that 947 one, says CW. And Tara, you astutely noted that that means call waiting, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what does that mean? He was on the phone when that call came in? It looks like he was checking his voicemail when that one came in. Yeah, because um, Swan on uh, Twitter today um, had posted an old, I'm not sure what forum it was from, but it was uh, apparently Helena trying to explain what time the um, call came through and, and the whole specifics of that. But, and she had said it was her understanding that Bill was on the phone when the Red Cross call came in. But I said, no, because there was no call waiting um, indicator on the records to support that. So that's out. Now, what, what about um, this, this, uh, the attempt that, that happened recently um, that by Bill to get the DA31 form? And then there's a member of the community, uh, Dave, who um, apparently made a call to Bill's commanding officer. Um, I, I don't know too much about this. I only looked at it a little bit. But how are you guys feeling about this, uh, this moment? It looks like Tara wants to answer that one. No, my head's shaking now. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's great that, that uh, you know, people are showing an interest and in, in want to clarify these stories, but it's not, it, and, and again, I don't think there's some conspiracy about um, getting leave from Fort Sill. I, in fact, I think it was designed from Bill to, to just kind of embarrass John Smith and other people. Um, but... Uh, the C, the, the CO thing, um, it's not been verified. Um, and, and if you're going to report on something like that, you have to, you know, let's, let's have a quote in this guy's name or, um, an audio recording of it. Um, you, if, if what you're doing is calling up a source and getting information and then just telling us what that information is, that is totally and that's totally, you know, unsubstantiated. I'm not saying he didn't really talk to the guy. In fact, I think he did. But mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to bring out something that is that important, the source needs to be on the record. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Or if not on the record, you know, give us the audio, which is what I did with with uh, with Bill's victims in D.C. You know, obviously they didn't want to use their names, so we voices instead um and you know people uh, if you want to jump down the rabbit hole and, and conspiracy theories and ignore the indictment um you can say that those women were just paid actors i guess but uh, at least it's a little bit more than me just telling you something i think that might be a little bit of the elephant in the room right that we're talking about somebody who does have these indictments yeah uh you know and he was first indicted in uh, like April of 2019 um, and, you know, escorted off the, the flight as soon as he gets back from serving the country in uh, East Africa. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, uh, you know, one of the, the many things that have changed because of this, this pandemic 
is this trial keeps getting delayed. It was originally scheduled for May 2020 and has now moved to March 2021. Um, so, but uh, at the same time, the prosecutor uh, in, and it's the United States Attorney's Office because it's DC, um, so it's a federal prosecutor. Uh, you know, it's, they're not dropping the case either. You know, they, they could easily have, um, instead of putting it to March, just saying, you know, saying, okay, you know, we're, we're not going to pursue this anymore. Um, they've, they offered, at the very beginning, they offered Bill a plea deal, which would have been him pleading to a misdemeanor instead of this felony. You know, essentially, he'd probably just have probation on that, I would think. And he turned that, he, he did turn down that deal. And, um, and it was after that, that we discovered that, that his mistress had taken out a protection order against him. And there was that whole, um, and the judge found him guilty of, 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 of stalking. Um, but I think after that, I don't know if they've taken away the deal or what, or if the deal's still on the table. I don't know. Well, it is interesting to talk about, to talk about somebody in these terms, you know, we 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 keep prefacing it with saying that we're not saying that he did anything, you know, we're not saying <laughs> we can't even I'm sorry. I can't even say like, listen, I'm not saying he's a bad guy because I've read the I've read the, the court documents. I've I've read this stuff. It's I would never read that and walk away from it and say, oh, that's not a bad guy. I, I mean, that's a bad guy. <laughs> I just don't know if that bad. I just don't know if that bad guy had something to do with this bad uh, you know this this bad moment for for Mora. I'm going to I'm going to actually come to Bill's defense at least a little bit here. We'll boot you. <laughs> I I don't think Bill's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad I think he's got a good heart um but I think he's done some terrible things uh to women that he has not responsibility for. Um and Whatever the causes were, um, you know, whether it was trauma in childhood or, or you know, it, whatever it is, it's got to be deep, deeply personal and, and not our business. But um, I think I think there's uh, I think there's a good heart deep down, uh, deep down there. So I, I wouldn't say a bad guy, uh, but a complicated, a very complicated person who has done some bad things. I say that didn't go over very well in the uh, chat area. Oh, no. <laughs> that, no, no, that that didn't go over very well. Um, but hey, that's what that's 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 uh, that, that this is what we're here for. You know, we're here to 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 hash things out like this. Um, uh, Ryan, Ryan uh, used a quote of yours. Uh, Billy uh, Mora was at her best when she was when, with Bill. So that was in True Crime Addict. That was before I spoke to six women that were um, harassed or assaulted by him. Six women. Yeah. It's somewhere around there, five or yeah. six. Okay. Um, and, and I, you know, and, and people will say, you know, maybe it was the, you know, the, what happened to Mora, you know, uh, that, that changed him. Um, but uh, I, I have talked to girlfriends of his before Mora that, um, you know, the, the rumors were always there. And don't they always say like, past behavior is a good indicator of future behavior yeah, past is prologue you know so um yeah and i i told you know i i don't I, i'm not going to get too 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 down on the guy but, um you know we'll, we'll see what comes out uh you know these the, the the frustrating part to me is this woman who was strong enough to uh stand up and press charges you know she did that I think in December of 2016, you know, and now yeah. here we are and she's not going to go to, to trial until 2021. Um, that's not yeah, five justice. Years. That's what, I don't know what that is. But I, so I just want to point something out here that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you had reported that, that Bill had abused a woman and this is an allegation, uh, had alleged that, that he abused a woman and called her Mora at Fort Sill, um, after Mora went missing, right? Yes. Six months after Moore went missing. Okay, so and that was before um, Bill's latest uh, survivor, um, in which they went to uh, to court in November, in which he called her Moore as well. Yes. 
So in the interim there, people were trying to say you were lying about that. Yeah, 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 that this indictment, oh yeah, right, that this woman couldn't have possibly said this, that her story was that they, they hooked up and she told me that, you know, he was working at Fort Sill and she believes in having her husband transferred overseas into a war zone, um, making her alone. And then he started hitting on her. They hooked up one night. He grabbed her by the neck and and said, I'm going to actually what he said at that time was, um, I'm going to kill you just like I killed Mora. Um, and this is according to her. That's her statement. Um, and then, you know, years later, you know, just last fall, we have this woman who says he liked to choke her like he choked that woman at Fort Sill back in 2004 um, and uh, and called her Mora. You know, he wanted her to play act as as Mora. It sounds like someone with a good heart. You know, I, I I'm, I'm going to be forever the optimist. Um, I know. You know. I think there's there's still good, good good in people and uh he's very charming you know he's he and he's done some good things with these nonprofits in the past um there's just a, a part of him that um that he that he never learned how to how to control very interesting i wonder if he's ever had a um psychiatric evaluation i mean we'll never see it and he'll probably never tell us but i i think you have to go through one right when you um enter the military you you must I, yeah, I'm sure, you know, and I don't want to get into, you know, any sort of psychological, you know, the discussion or, or, you know, because people, people have it. I have, you know, I've been in therapy since, uh, uh, since 2004 myself. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and get through the day to day by, um, antidepressants and, uh, and pot. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> shame anybody's mental, um, proclivities or how they get by no definitely and and we don't want to shame him but uh he's experienced some incredible trauma um with his girlfriend going missing and uh you know and uh, we, we talked about this recently uh lance about someone else like you know you can uh push it down but i think that's something you kind of need to explore um, and we do know that he was sentenced to some anger management classes so maybe he is evaluating that now 20 was it it's like 22, 25, 24, 25, I think. When I lost my, uh, when I, you know, in Ohio, if you get so many speeding tickets within like 12 months, you have to take a remedial driving class. And it like, in order to get your license back in the state of Ohio, it's six hours of, of intensive, uh, like management classes. I can't imagine sitting in a, in a, in a state run, uh, mandatory um, management class for 22 hours. That that's it. That's rough. Well, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> it's is that true. is that me? Hey, we're not the same people. <laughs> it's like I'm looking in a mirror. Yeah, I know. We're... <laughs> so meta. <laughs> so glad this is happening. <laughs> nice hat. Well, I had to I had to put it on for the occasion. Is it a five gallon? I have no idea. I'm okay. I'm not really a hat connoisseur. Um, we, I think so, it's straw. Do you live in Texas? You got to live in Texas. Do you live in Texas? Oh uh, well, real quick, uh, real quick. Uh, Richard Ryder here uh, in the chat room mentions: uh, Was there anything about the obvious, uh, very obvious social media manipulation um, recently? And Jamie, I know you've been a part of those conversations, so I don't know if you want to uh, talk about, um, I guess, what uh, what Richard Ryder means or what you what you may maybe take that comment to mean. I mean, it's been like wild. It, I, I mean, I've had. Several people like reach out to me, like trying to, you know, ask if, you know, this Twitter account is copacetic, you know, different stuff like that. And I'm all, you know, and I try to be honest with them and fair. I'm not looking to like, you know, throw somebody under the bus. Um, but I'm like, there's been a few that I'm like, I don't really know. And I mean, it's definitely, it's, I mean, like, We've all talked about. It. I don't understand like why this. It just seems to be like walking towards this whole 
you know, this case, it's crazy. Yeah, Richard, yeah, we've we've spoken and I've tried to help him get up to speed on a bunch of stuff. And uh, I think he's he's been like he's he asked some like really good questions. And uh, I don't know, seems like really fair to me. And uh, we need more people like to join in and be, you know, new members doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the uh, the Twitter thread that's been going since July is, um, I think it's approaching a Guinness Book of World Records. It's, uh, I think it's surpassed it. <laughs> we should we should look into that because we might actually have a submission. That would be that. Would, how great would that be if Guinness had to recognize that and then like print it out in one of those little paperbacks you put in the bathroom and you know yeah. you're flipping through. Yeah, totally ridiculous. And and also the amount of like the different people that were on the thread and off the thread and on the thread, like I mean, it was. Did Tom Arnold ever weigh in? Tom Arnold has been suspiciously quiet about the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't think a big until then. Tom Arnold, uh, great great actor, great career, great character actor. No, he's. I don't think he knew what he was getting into and was a little bit misinformed on some of the facts. It, you know, just wait when you wake up in the morning and you open up Twitter and Tom Arnold's raging on you. Yeah. You know, you're in an interesting day. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're not Roseanne. No. Yeah. Um, I just I want to point out, uh, uh, I think Bill was actually in this room. I don't if he's here. I mean, this could be a good opportunity to actually ask him some of the questions, but I don't see him anymore. He has my number. Yeah, and uh, and real quick on the on the um, I guess social media harassment, uh, trolling, whatever you want to uh, call it. Um, obviously, we do not condone harassment. We want to invite everybody to understand that, and please take part in no name calling. And please be polite and respectful to people out there. That is really paramount. You can ask questions, but, you know, please be polite. And also, I wanted to mention that Folk uh, from from Twitter, who's a part of those threads, he was banned from Get Vocal, the site, uh, the actual site, um, by them, not from us. Um, and so I just want to mention that because, as you, as you mentioned, Jamie, some people aren't sure who to trust. Um I'm not saying what to do with that information. I'm just saying that's the that's what what happened. They called them disruptive. That was their quote. Right. They they, they called them disruptive after looking at um, briefly looking at what he. I mean, there was there was uh, there was enough stuff for them to see in a short period of time. Is what I'm saying for them to uh, determine that anything that he was going to contribute was not going to be productive, and he would be a disruptive figure. Um, this was uh, actually something that uh, they looked into after, was it two weeks ago when we weren't able to come on two or three weeks ago when we had Shayna Roth, we had that scheduled and then it was, it like our computers weren't working. Everything was just shutting down. It was a mess. And um, so we just brought that to their attention and then they, you know, we were like, might want to look into to these people who we saw in the chat room. And that's the reality that we're in now is that <laughs> They'll look in, you know, people will look into it and then people will will uh, will make sure that you are not disruptive anymore. Yeah, there's no there's no place for that. No. All right, guys, um, I'm going to go watch Joe versus the volcano now. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun hanging with everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, James. And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Robert Lynch. And uh, and everyone in the chat room for uh, for joining. This was a uh, a great night. Thank you so much, everyone. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Private Investigations for the Missing, because he knows this feeling all too well. 
When Bruce's daughter, Brianna, disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.